Welcome to New Hope Underground. Thank you for tuning in to one of the most unique church podcasts in North America, or maybe the world. Today's episode is entitled, Hell is in Michigan, and Real Men Come from Mandan. And now here are your hosts, Darren and Drew Hansen. You speak American. When you study French, though, you can be a French snob. But that just makes you sound even snobbier than a normal snob. So I'm a French snob that studies French. You're a French snob that studies French? Yeah. Well, so, you, cause you can be a hobby, whatever, language learner. Well, see, I would think anybody who speaks French is a snob. That's what I'm saying. That's so what I'm you're a, saying. I'm a f- French-speaking, French-learning so snob. So any American who's learning French is automatically a snob. I, I think in most people's eyes, yeah. <laughs> Oh, we started recording, didn't we? Oh, yeah. We recorded a long time ago. We started recording a long time ago. But, oh, yeah. Shoot. So, but you're you're not that. You're not a snob. I don't know. I don't think. Because, you, because you, you're majoring in French, then you automatically assume that maybe there's some sort of snobbery in you. See, see here's what I think. I, I think um, I love to study it because that's just what I, that's what I love. I find it fascinating. Right. And it's right. really cool to experience other cultures and stuff. Right. Um, so it's that innocent, but you said some French words and they just wasn't factually correct. And right, I was trying to say some French words and every part of my being just like, cring, like cringed. And I was like, no. And then that's when right. I realized, oh, maybe I, let am me give you some background. That's welcome I to new hope snob. underground. My name is Darren. <laughs> hey, I'm drew. Hey, and we're, we're here with episode, I don't know what this is. Three, 3,000, four. four. I don't know. We're, Four, in, we're on season three. 4,000. I know. We're just booking right along. We're having a good time. But let me explain this. What happened was we had a preview episode, and then we had another preview episode. We had preview two. You can't handle it. And the during preview two, we talked about this town in Quebec that wanted to change its name. It's called mm-hmm. Asbestos, Quebec. And Asbestos. Like, we shouldn't be called, we shouldn't have a name that's named after something that gives you cancer. I kind of like it. Well, it's, it's dark. They though. didn't like it, and so they yeah. did, they decided they were going to change the name. But people were hot about it because the names they had they thought weren't good enough. The names they had were Phoenix, uh, with, not with an O, but just the French, right, right, and right. then Trois Lacs. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Trois Lacs, Trois Lacs, which is three lakes. Uh-huh. And then you had uh, Apollon, uh-huh. which is Apollon. like a, some sort of turtle, some sort of weird turtle. And yeah. then you had Jeffrey. <laughs> Which I always thought, why did that? That didn't really fit, but it was because there's a mine there. Jeffrey. Yeah, it just doesn't flow, you know. <laughs> Jeffrey, Quebec. But then we, we asked people out there, uh, Underground Nation, we asked you guys, hey, is there any better name that we can give this little town for Quebec? And, did we and get so, any? Yeah, we got one. All right. Clint Kinnearum, uh, who's a faithful listener of the, the Underground, actually made a comment. He said, I think we should name it Alex. Alex. Alex Quebec. Exactly. And I Genius. said, that's a, that, that's a, a Jeopardy reference. That's awesome. No, that's, that's brilliant. Is he Canadian? Yes, he is. Oh, that works out. He is. 
Alex Trebek is Canadian, a Jeopardy guy. What an innocent country. And so we, we should totally name it. Well, I don't understand why they didn't go for that. If you're going to change your name, Alex Quebec would be incredible. You've got Saskatchewan. Why not? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You already got Saskatchewan. Well, I mean, have you seen some Canadian town names? Uh, Moose, asbestos. Moose Jaw. I mean, Moose Jaw. That's, that's you can dope. Do, surely you can do Alex. I think Alex, Clint, that was incredible. You got my vote. That's yeah, all I yeah, say. Yeah, Clint. I mean, you nailed it. So we're always talking stories on here. Always the real news. And uh, and so... Nothing but the facts. And that was that was kind of revisiting an, an old story. But I got a new story for you, Drew. And this one's really... This is an interesting one. Let me, let me say that this story uh, comes from a guy who uh, is all about Halloween. He's really into Halloween. Okay. I mean, to the point of where it's almost evil. Almost right? evil. I'm just... I'm where, just where did... Okay, okay. Teasing. No, I get you. But he actually... Harry Potter. ...is a person who's offering an Airbnb uh, place. Little, It's like a little uh, shack, if you will, that he's got. Uh, and it's in Hell, Michigan. Oh, and he offers the guest a chance to be mayor of hell for a day. <laughs> now, let me... Let is me, that a real town? Yeah, Hell, Michigan no, is, is a real town. What is up with these towns? He thought asbestos was bad. It's, it's totally... And it's cold up there. So when they, they say, you know, the, the day hell freezes over, well, no, it does it, every year. Yeah, I was, was going to say it happens like... Pretty commonly in January yeah, and February. This guy actually has a really nice little place you can stay. It looks like a little... Uh, like, like Pinterest red. House. It looks like a red little old schoolhouse or something, wooden red. And it's basically where you get to stay as mayor of... of but he actually means actual hell, not just hell, Michigan. Okay. So a resident of hell, Michigan is offering this chance to be mayor of hell for a day by renting out specifically outfit Ow. Specifically outfit <laughs> something <laughs> fell. Not a specifically uh, outfitted layer for the mayor on an Airbnb, and basically uh, it'll, it'll be available for three one night stays that come with the unofficial title for twenty four hours. That come with the unofficial title. That means nothing. So your guests soon to be mayors, you're going to find out there's no more. There's no place more welcoming than hell on earth. <laughs> We can't wait clever. to show you. And uh, the mayor's can't lair includes a queen-size bed, gothic-style sitting area, Naturally. fire pit, okay. outdoor movie screen, it's one and big a fire supply pit. of locally grown pumpkins to oh, carve. Nice. You can carve all your pumpkins you want. It's a nice little retreat center. And the stay only costs $31. I think this should... In, in some sort of like... Celebration of October thirty first. Okay, that's that's genius. I think it's a good little staff retreat center. Yeah, let's take let's, the, let's take, the take the church, church staff to Hell, Michigan, <laughs> and stay, and we can all become mayors of Hell, which is what I've always wanted. To do. <laughs> always wanted to do mayors of Hell. Just what, I don't know. What does this bother you at all? Does it bother me? Yeah, I mean, hmm. this guy kind of. Uh, Pitching in a consumeristic way. Yeah, I think he's just taking advantage of something that fell in his lap, you know? Yeah, so he builds a little red yeah, cabin right. and says, here, you can be married yeah, to hell. If, 
He's like, what would Satan's Pinterest page look like? <laughs> and that's, how that's he, exactly right. <laughs> that's how he can show you the picture. It kind of does look like Satan's Pinterest. Oh page. my goodness. It's adorable. Hell is so cute. It is. That's what's really interesting about it. So, I mean, they don't want people necessarily not to rent it out, but that's true. That's not how I pictured hell at all. I didn't picture it like that either. It's it like a green grass with a bunch of carved pumpkins and, did you ever have they to? They try to make it foggy to make it look scary, but it doesn't really look too scary to me. Yeah, as a kid, you nice know, a cute cabin with a wreath. Yeah, as it a actually ki- looks like a little red church. As a kid growing up in like Sunday school, you get the random question of like, or like the discussion about what hell will look like, you know? Oh yeah, which is not a fun topic as a little kid, but that's a side comment. Well, doesn't the Bible say it's just all darkness, so you couldn't see anything anyway? Well, that's not how they make you feel. <laughs> They made oh, I know. me feel like I was. Anyways, why was not the why point? The point is that what they didn't look anything like that based on those discussions. What Sunday school class did you have where they talked about hell as a little kid? I don't know. You go to random VBSs. You go to different Sunday schools. Gosh, I shouldn't have taken you to that. <laughs> not it's sure not exactly fun. what was that about. But I mean, it happens. You whether it's it couldn't. Maybe it wasn't even the teacher. It could have just been between students. I remember several conversations I had. <laughs> Just between kids, because you, because it's a place, you know. You talk kids, about kids it. are just like, hey, what are you doing today? I don't know. Let's talk about hell. It's known as like this. It's got it's, it's terrifying for kids, man. So, but yeah. yeah. That being said, my point in all of that is that is not how we imagined hell as little kids. Have you ever been to Hell, Michigan? No, no, it looks yeah, delightful. Road trip, <laughs> road trip time. I <laughs> know. Uh, I just don't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what I think about because Halloween, it's one of those things when I when I was growing up, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that you just, you weren't sure whether you should do trick or treat or not as a Christian because you were like oh, yeah. back and forth. I don't feel like to, that's a problem just, anymore. celebrating all the evil spirits and the devil and this right. kind of stuff. And then my parents always, my mom always took the stance that it was just for fun, you know, just mm-hmm. to dress up and... Mm-hmm. Go out. Interesting. So, do you remember? And we did the same thing with you guys. We just, you know, go trick or treat. Yeah. Remember, some some years like we went. Some years we didn't. Yeah. Well, depending on depending on kind of where we lived and what was yeah. going on. Some I, places were I remember. Dangerous. See, <laughs> see, what's funny is I I remember it must have hit me right at the like the perfect age because it was left such an impression on me. But uh, we celebrated Halloween one night by turning off all the lights, going down into the basement. After mom had made a bunch of sugar cookies, and then we watched Mr. Bean. There you go. Do you remember that? I think so. Yeah, so... And that was a great Halloween. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for some reason in my mind, I thought that's what... That's how people celebrated Halloween, though. Well, that's the way Hanson It took me a couple of years to figure out... <laughs> most people don't watch movies... <laughs> don't British, watch Mr. Bean. British movies in their basement. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it just really wasn't... Not really what everybody does. But do you remember, like, a favorite costume you ever had? Uh, one time I did the classic sheet ghost. Yes. Yeah. But I quickly got, I remember that we had pictures taken mm-hmm. of and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it was a last minute idea, but, yeah. it, but I thought, Oh man, this would be cool. It's going to be a classic. Ghost. You wanted to do that. Yeah. And that was your thing. Yeah. And I quickly realized it was like too difficult to see and it was really hot. <laughs> So I, I like, you mean just with a sheet over you? Yeah. I like stretched the neck and I just pulled it over my head. So I was just wearing a sheet. I don't know what 
costume that was. But it, it kind of turned your ghost into a toga. Yeah, but it was like a. Also, at the same time, it's kind of like a poncho. Yeah, <laughs> it's like toga poncho guy. That was my costume. My uh, my favorite one was I was when I was a kid. When I was uh, it was like a not a sumo guy. It was like a really fat karate guy. Mm-hmm. Like a had a big karate suit. All right. And wait, I, wait, not sumo, but a fat karate guy. Right. It wasn't a sumo. It was like a karate. I didn't guy. know. Cr- not a do, sumo. Do a lot of karate? Are a lot of karate people like overweight? No. <laughs> no, it, it was kind of funny, and I just had these pillows and. Made it and put a karate outfit on it, basically. Okay. And then it had a pantyhose on my head, <laughs> and there were socks in the in the pantyhose, right? To tie it to make it look like I had this long, like ponytail right. thing on my head, and I could stroll it around. <laughs> of with, course, you know, move my head, my neck around, and the yeah. sock with and the pantyhose would go around really fast. I could hit people with it and stuff. You and, know, like the the, the classic. You know, karate guy who hey. struggles with obesity with a ponytail. We didn't have much money, and we, we did what we had to do. You know, my hey, mom, it's it's just as my mom helped me make it. You that's know, so. better than my toga poncho guy. Yeah, see, see. So anyway, see, it's better than those store bought things where you just buy the plastic. Yeah, mask I think. The, I mean, those can be fun. Some kids love them, but oh yeah. But if you have a chance to be creative, you might as well. Yeah, you know, if the problem is a lot of times kids don't want to do that. They want yeah. the store-bought stuff. Yeah, I, I want to be Iron Man or whatever the cool right. thing is now. But you look, I look back and I think, no, the more fun ones were the were the random ones. What, I remember we got your brother one time dressed up when he was in high school. Uh-huh. Uh, high school? Yeah, we, we did a, a small group party and we all dressed up and we, and we actually went bowling oh, in our costumes. Oh, nice, nice. And he was dressed up as a, a Russian bodybuilder... It was a boxer. Yeah, one of those Russian, like Russian hats. Wait, on. wait, Russian bodybuilder. Who is also who a boxer? Also a boxer. Okay, okay. <laughs> he, well, how does he look? He Russian? had those Russian hats on. He had like a gray <laughs> sweatsuit on. It was he had all these muscles, <laughs> and he had boxing gloves. Um, Vladimir. We're not Ty- sure exactly what that was about. Vladimir Tyson from yeah. Moscow. <laughs> not sure what that was about, but it was funny. That's awesome. But anyway, yeah, I mean. And I'm not so sure what it's going to look like in 2020 with Halloween and everything, but we'll find no, out. No, I I can I would imagine that the city's not going to do anything. Nothing that official. Nothing, nothing. I can't imagine they would like s- sanction something, but I'm sure parents are still going to be cool with their kids. Hey, I'm going to have my door. candy and I'm going to be I know. ready. I think, I mean, why does the city need to say, hey, we're going to do trick-or-treating at six? Just let your kids go trick or treating if you want. If not, stay uh, home. Things have really changed. When I was a kid, no one ever. They never had any like organized anything. You just go, yeah, it was go out you at, know? at dusk. And there's kids everywhere after dinner. There were kids. Everywhere. One time I didn't have a costume and I wanted to go and it was late, so I had a sack I just put on my head. Yeah, that's essentially what I did with my with my yeah. sheet. <laughs> I used the same sack to collect the candy. <laughs> you just had to take off your costume every time. I had to eat the had to eat the uh, candy in between houses. <laughs> <laughs> that's genius. Anyway, hey, have a great time. Save time, you know. And and we're not even we're not even real close to end of October yet. We're just now getting it's, started. It'll sneak, it it'll definitely sneak is up fall. on you. It, the pumpkin spice is in full force. It is. You know what? Hmm. I said on the last podcast, hmm. I said anyone who DMs us or at New Hope Underground on, on Instagram or at New Hope Underground on Facebook, 
just message us and we will and just say you want a pumpkin spice latte and we'll get you one. Any takers? If you're the first one. No one, no one messaged us. Messaged us. No one. And I know people listen, well, so... No, I think that has more to... It, it's be, a free pumpkin listen. spice latte. Well, I think that has a lot to say about what people think about the, the PSLs. Is that what it is? People are sick of them. Get them out of here. Well, if you want one, it's still an offer. So anyone, the first person that just messages us and says, hey, I want that PSL. Hit me up with that PSL. HMU with that PSL. For, I think, I think that's, that's right. what kids say. And NHU will respond with the PSL. <laughs> but we just need some. NHU, sort of, yeah. No, nobody wants the free PSL. That's all right. But yeah, I mean, we'll get it to you. Just all you got to do is give us a yell. So uh, we've got a great show lined up. We've got we've an already had a great show with another person. We just uh, had Ty Griffith on. So I'll, I'll reveal that a little bit later. Uh, with uh, he was he was on our last week's episode, but we got a new one this week. Heck yeah! So stay tuned. Hey, welcome to New Hope Underground interview time. That's right. This is called Spotlight when we get a chance to talk to somebody in our church. We've had spotlight opportunities in the last couple seasons with plenty of people on our staff so you can get to know them. And this year, we're going to focus on just people in the church or some of our small group leaders, some uh, people who are just working in different ministries. And today, I've got Andrew Decker. What's up, Andrew? Hey, how are you doing? Good, man. Isn't this kind of weird, like recording for a podcast when we've already been talking for like an hour? Right. I feel like I've already told you all the good stuff. (laughs) It's already over. Interview's over, folks. I'm not... not, (laughs) So anyway... Before we ever get started, it's over. Yeah. No. Seriously, I was just wanting to know if you could just tell our listeners, like, who you are, you know, a little bit of background, your family, what you do, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, you know, I, uh, my name is Andrew Decker. Uh, my wife, Brooke Decker, and I, uh, we started attending New Hope probably about two years ago now, almost. Okay. So, um, kind of newbies, but I mean, two years, yeah, you've been here a while. Yeah, so. absolutely. It still yeah. feels new, which is good. <laughs> it's a good thing. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. We really enjoy it. Um, we've got two kids, a uh, boy and a girl, Liam and Cameron. They are five and three years old. So they kind of awesome uh, ages. Yeah. Consume most of our life right now, but it is, it's a lot of fun. Um, and we, we love uh, new hope for that reason, uh, with the kids being the, uh, the kids ministry here is, is really awesome. So that was something that really drew us here as well. Um, so as far as uh, as far as that goes, Brooke and I we moved to Effingham about four years ago now. Uh, we've lived here. We came from uh, Chicago. Brooke's actually an Effingham native though, so she uh, she was born and raised here. Coming home, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, myself, I grew up uh, about two and a half hours north of here, around Streeter, Illinois. So Illinois is still home, but uh, just not this far south, I guess. <laughs> Uh, I got you. My job brought us uh, brought us down here, actually. So well, Chicago, Effingham, yeah, you know, yeah six on a, one hand, half a dozen yeah, on the other. Not as not a very big difference. I I love it though. It, growing <laughs> yeah. up in a farming community, slower pace of life. This is this is really nice to be living in this area, raising two kids. So. And you grew up in a little town called Flanagan. Uh, I went to high school in Flanagan. Went to I, high school in yeah, Flanagan. I actually I grew up in a town called Manville. Which Manville. I don't even know if there was thirty people. Dude, if you're gonna be from somewhere, Manville's the well, place. To, I mean, come I get, on, you grew up in Manville. You you come can on. say that. You just couldn't tell you haven't seen it. <laughs> Once you see it, you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't say that though. So, how many people live in Manville? 
I don't think it's even big enough to have a population sign. So, so it, it just says a sign says I am Manville. Yeah, I am the Manville. Basically, it's it's out in the middle of a field somewhere. <laughs> so, I grew up in a really really small town on a farm. Well, so. do, how did how did you guys like cope in Chicago then? I mean, she's from Effingham, you're from Manville. Yeah, like, well, uh, so we both actually we met down at uh, Southern Illinois Carbondale. Okay, uh, we went to school there. Uh, I studied uh, turf management, uh, where I, I currently uh, manage Effingham Country Club. So. Golf course is kind of my background. Wait, wait, you studied turf management. Turf I didn't management. know there was such a well, degree. Well, you could kind of call it plant and soil science, I guess. That okay. Maybe, does that sound better? Yeah, sure. That sounds <laughs> that sounds like, that sounds really good. Of course, yeah. that, that sounds like you could do almost anything in the farming area and stuff. Well, I mean, and you were you grew up in a farm, right. so so I had the agronomy in my there's, blood. Kind of. There's some connection there, right? Yeah. I my dad was always really good about not kind of you know, forcing us to say, nope, you're staying at the farm. Uh, so he did a great job of saying, nah, go out and kind of, you know, spread your wings. So, right. So he's like, forget the crops. I'll go play golf. Yeah. Well, and he does, <laughs> hey, it, he's getting, uh, getting better at it too. Is he? So okay. it's, it's okay. really nice actually. Now that, uh, doing what I do, it's kind of sparked a new interest in him. So, well, um, that's cool. but after actually college, uh, I moved to, uh, just outside of New York city, um, so I lived out there and worked at a country club out there. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. For, what a switch. Uh, for, yeah, it was kind of, uh, I still remember the day that my mom and I packed up the car and headed that way. I still didn't feel like this was, was real. Um, so a, a big change from Carbondale to just outside of New York city. Uh, wow. I bet. But, and then Brooke had a year left of school. She finished that up and then she actually moved out to the East coast as well. So, and got a job. So we spent two years out there and, we, uh, we met a lot of great people and enjoyed our time, but um, we kind of both knew it was, yeah, we kind of had to start slowly moving our way back. So from New York, we went to Detroit um, and we lived in Detroit for a couple of years, which Detroit has, uh, don't listen to anybody what they say about Detroit. Detroit is one of the best cities. Is it really? I, I Yeah, you, you, you don't really hear much positive, you know, especially uh, since the big, you know, crashes and problems. Right. And, with the automotive industry and so forth. Yeah. So I was, we were there from 2010 to 2012. So, I mean, we were kind of right after the, uh, the financial crash and all that, but I loved every bit of Detroit. Um, the whole state of Michigan really is, was, was so nice. So we really enjoyed our time there as well. And then we just kind of slowly made our way back. Then we went from Detroit to Chicago, uh, got a job at another country club. So So some big cities, man. Yeah. And now you're in Effingham. Yeah. And I, I, Believe me, I really, really enjoy, and I, <laughs> you kind of take for granted. You know, you you grow up in those small towns, and you hear people, oh, everyone's always in my business or this and that. But you really don't uh, don't appreciate just how good that is, especially when you're raising a family. Right, to, when uh, you have your own kids, it's like you kind of want them to have a little bit of that same experience exactly. at that point. Yep, when you can yeah. walk in and anywhere you go, and people know who you are, know who your kids are. It's a uh, it's a really good feeling. So that's fantastic. Now, how long have you been working with the country club here? So uh, four so two, years, four years. Yeah. Okay. Since uh, 2016, I've been here. So it's, fantastic. Uh, it's I, been a lot of fun out there. I still so. can't get over turf management. Yeah. It's, so do, do, do you, I'm trying to figure out like what kind of classes, what kind of classes would you take for that? Uh, like what, what are they called? I'm just curious. Oh boy. Uh, I mean, they're, you know, you got to get, so get like your fertilizer 101. Well, it's a little bit more in depth than that, I guess. <laughs> but if it was that easy, everybody could do it, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it's a lot of like soil management classes, you know, studying the makeup of soil. Um, we got a little bit more into the specifics as far as the golf course side of things where you're taking, uh, like class on irrigation, you know, pipe sizing and, you know, the hydraulics and all that. Um, 
the right way to construct a green. Uh, what about all the machines you got to use, like special lawnmowers and stuff? You would think that they would throw that in there and kind of give you a little bit, and there is nothing on that. That's <laughs> one of those that you just got to jump on and go. And you got to learn yourself. Yeah, uh, if you can't figure it out, you better be good at hiring somebody that can. <laughs> so luckily with the farming background, operating equipment kind of has been something that has come pretty natural to me. But still, it's a big difference when you're in a farm tractor versus in a really small little piece of specialty equipment that goes on a golf course. You know, it's, it's so interesting. I just never really stopped to think about your job and what would go into that, you know, what kind of degree, you know, what you'd have to shoot for to do that. <laughs> yeah. I just never really thought about it, but, I, it, but that makes sense. There is, you, you know? talk to so many people and nobody really understands the <laughs> amount of work and effort that they goes just think into, country club, posh job, you know, exactly. That's what they think. Yeah. You they probably, don't realize all the stuff that goes into it right. at all. You mow the grass maybe once a week and you play golf the rest of the time. That's what I get a lot. Well, that's what I do. Yeah. No, and I, <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm terrible at golf. You don't want me out there. But uh, yeah, I, golf is one of those things I think people... I went out to play to relax, mm-hmm. but that's the last thing I do when I play golf is relax because I just... I don't know. I played basketball, yeah. you know, a little faster stuff. So we get, I'm, I'm, I'm too impatient for golf. I think yeah. that's my problem. I well, want to play well now, right. even though I've never played. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think everybody just puts too much of an expectation on themselves. Um, you know, oh, yeah. you watch it on TV and even those guys struggle. So uh, if you really want to just go out but there and it looks and enjoy so it, easy. It, it, you know what I mean? I'm using air quotes. It yeah. looks so easy. Yeah. It does look yeah. easy. Do my Chris Farley imitation. And on my side of it with managing the golf course, I mean, my job is to try to make it as hard as I can. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or that, at least that's what every, uh, every member assumes I'm doing. Now, what kind of reputation does your course have like, as far as like difficulty? Um, Do you have any idea? You know, that's a good question. As far as this area goes, I, I mean, I... I hear people talk about they, they believe it's a difficult course, but I guess from, from my experiences, it doesn't really feel like a very difficult golf course. Um, well, can I give you a few ideas that might help with the difficulty? Yeah, yeah. How about like uh, sharks in the water traps? <laughs> that <laughs> would help. Tiger pits. Yeah. Things that you might accidentally fall into on the way or your golf cart. You got to be careful. Yeah. That might add to the difficulty. I don't know. I'm just throwing that up well, there. I mean, you go down Anxiety to... Anxiety uh, would lead into that and that would help. You know, you can't shoot very well when you're anxious. Right. You only go down to, you know, the Carolinas or Florida and, you know, you see the alligators that are yeah. just uh, roaming around on the golf courses. Oh, so. man, that's so true. I was down in Florida with my with my brother-in-law, and we were playing around, and and there was a ball in right next to a baby alligator. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, man, I'm not getting that because yeah. there's uh, the water right next to him is like really muddy and murky. Right. And like you don't know where mom's it, at. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like you can have that. You can have all the balls. You want some more? You know? Yeah, like, you know. yeah. I, I think uh, as far as <laughs> Effingham goes, we've got some snakes out there, but I think even for the most part, the snakes really don't bother you. But it might wow. maybe just scare you. Now, you see, that would water. add to the difficulty too if you purposely put snakes in well, certain, I, certain locations. I, I, that's not going to be my job. <laughs> I, I'm certainly not going to mess around with snakes if I don't have. That's to. That's not your degree. No. It's turf management. That's right. Right. Yeah. I don't deal with animals. Get somebody with a herpetology degree for, for that. <laughs> yeah. hey, that's fantastic. So how long have you been a Jesus follower? Well, I, uh, I'd i like to say that I've been a Jesus follower my whole life. Uh, my parents certainly made it a priority growing up to get us to church and Sunday school. Um, and we were very much a, a big part of the, uh, it was actually a Methodist church um, mm-hmm. for a lot of years. Um, and that was kind of the, you know, the center of growing up. Um, and I will say though, that once, you know, college rolls around and stuff and you kind of, eh, you know, Sunday waking up early, that doesn't really sound like the best thing anymore. So, uh, I definitely went through some years where I was not as good as I, uh, I should have been. So, 
Um, but as far as getting my uh, getting myself back to church, I definitely would uh, attribute a lot of that to my wife. She's been really good. She's been the best thing for me as far as that goes. Uh, as far as always pushing me and uh, you know reminding me that it, you know hey we need to do uh, we need to find something and do something because we for a lot of years actually uh, with our travels in uh, New York and Michigan. Uh, we actually attended a Catholic church. My wife grew up Catholic. Okay. Um, so we, we attended a Catholic church. I was not Catholic. Uh, I never converted to Catholic uh, Catholicism at all, but, um, you know, it just kind of that traditional service, it sure. just kind of made sense to us. So. Supporting her. Right. As exactly. Well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, we got to, um, actually moving back, uh, back here. Uh, we attended a Catholic church for about two, just shy of two years, even mm-hmm. when we moved back. And, uh, I know she sensed it before I did that. She just was looking for something a little bit more. Uh, she tried new hope out a couple times with some friends, um, as she, uh, she met from different people in the community from here. And, um, you know, I was very reluctant in the beginning. I know there was definitely some Sundays where she went to uh, New Hope and I would go to the Catholic church because I just wasn't really quite ready for it. Um, so, and then she just kept, you know, hey, you really got to check this out. Like, right. I think you're going to like it. Um, and you weren't I, ready to be uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I guess not. You <laughs> There's know, a little bit of a comfort those, level. Those thing, traditional right? values and stuff, it just yeah. wasn't, it yeah. didn't make any sense to go to, a, you know, a church like this. You right. know, I, I needed just to go down, sit down, kneel, stand up, go home. Right, so, right. Uh, it's a lot easier. Exactly. It would absolutely, <laughs> but uh, that spark that was inside her slowly uh, it, it leapt to me, and you know, really, she she definitely put that in me. Um, and we uh, we've had a a couple really uh, influential people uh, in our life actually that attended New Hope too. Uh, Maggie Myler was definitely one that you know from a early on time of coming to New Hope, we uh, we got to know her really well. And she just just done such an amazing job of, um, you know, just always pushing us and questions, anything that comes sure, uh, sure. comes with, with that. She's just been so good. And um, so we've got to be really close with her and her husband um, that have helped us along the way. So obviously, you know, when you start to meet new people, um, it makes it a lot easier to, uh, to come to a church with those people in it. Well, that's great. God tends to put people like a Mark and a Maggie in your life. Absolutely. And puts I, them in the way. I couldn't you know? agree more there. What, uh, now obviously going to church, there are a lot of people that can go to church and not know Jesus. There's a lot of people that know Jesus and don't go to church. So I'm just curious, like, what do you, what do you love about Jesus himself? Boy, I mean, just it's a loaded the, question. There are probably yeah, lots of answers. Yeah, but I'm just right. curious if you can give me like a top answer, top two answers. Um, I think one of the probably the biggest things that uh, you know I continue to always think about because one thing I always struggled with, I guess, and I still struggle with, is just never feeling like you're you're doing a good enough job or you're good enough for for the grace of of Jesus. And mm-hmm. I think to me, the the grace that He offers us, every one of us, is probably the most just mind-blowing thing um you know i think on a, on a daily basis i i constantly running through my head of i'm i'm falling short i'm i'm not i'm not good enough for for what he's offering um so when when you come to church here and you listen to uh you know the the services and stuff and just to to know in your heart that that grace is being offered to us is is pretty powerful that's awesome it's fantastic i couldn't agree with you more now you guys also have been just started this year leading a small group. 
Yeah. And, and right then COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. We, we didn't pick a great time for that. Um, <laughs> well, no one knows, you know, yeah. but you guys are just trying to reach out to some friends and have yeah. them over to your house and, or just have some time with them. So, yeah, we did, uh, we kind of, I guess you could say attended a small group, um, that really wasn't, I guess, set up through the church here. Um, for a while and it was really good. We enjoyed it a lot. Um, but then as it kind of ended, uh, I think Brooke and I were both kind of like, well, you know, we really would like to, to keep this going. We really enjoyed that time we had. Um, it really didn't have, uh, I guess our focus was more, I don't have, are you familiar with the truth project? Yes. So it mm-hmm. was actually, we, Maggie, it was, Maggie was kind of the leader of it. And we, sure. we kind of went through the, I think the 12, 12 weeks of that. Okay. Um, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. I would recommend that to anybody that, uh, I mean, whether you're a new believer or a longtime believer, that, that is so powerful. Awesome. Um, but once that kind of started, you know, we got, we finished up with that. Um, we were actually looking for more of, let's try to find some, uh, some couples that are kind of in that same stage of life, uh, that we're in right now, you know, y- young kids trying to manage a career and just all the things that uh, that go into that, so we could kind of share those stories sure, or help sure. it, help each other out. Sure. Um, so that's kind of how that got started. Um, we've got a we've got a pretty good group together. It's just as far as managing everybody's schedule, and then with COVID, right? Um, you know, get everybody to feel good about meeting. Right. Again, it, yeah. it hasn't made it uh, the easiest thing in the world to get together, but we definitely have. Uh, we've tried our best, and we've done a we've done the, we did the Zoom thing in the beginning, which was nice. So. Uh, we're getting there. I think we're uh, we're slowly, uh, you know, getting to where we want to be. Well, that's awesome, and I think that that's just it. It's a journey that we're on. It's not, you know, it's a marathon. It's not a short sprint. When yeah. It comes to our life with Christ and those with other people. So, I think that's fantastic. The fact you guys are just willing, put yourself out there. The fact that you're willing to, you know, just love on people. That's yeah. huge. That's huge. Yeah. I mean. Growing up, uh, we had a really active youth group uh, in the church I was at. So I mean, I I just still remember those those uh, those nights um, that you just look forward to. You know, it was one of the things you look forward through through the whole week of, you know, well we're meeting for youth group this week. Like it's we're gonna you know be able to see all these the, the people, your friends. You know, we're gonna just come together and have that you know that that common uh, common faith of just you know, praising Jesus. So it's so awesome to kind of, when listening to your story, it's awesome to know how faithful God really is. Cause he planted stuff in you when you were younger. And even yeah. though, even though you tend to kind of go your own way, he brought you back. You know, right. he, he was faithful. He never left you. Right. You know, so oh, that's, it, that's a powerful thing. Yeah. You could always sense that he was, he was always there. Um, you know, and, and obviously putting someone in my life, like my wife was, I think that was planned all along. So there you go. You're, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna find someone of influence. God says, and you're gonna marry her. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he did a he did a great job with mine. So. That's fantastic. Now, before we go, I need to give you a stern warning. All right, you're getting older, Andrew, so yeah. don't be you'll be pushing kids in swings yeah. too much. I uh, I guess I shouldn't have told Darren about my uh, <laughs> my incident late earlier this summer with uh, blowing my hamstring out. <laughs> So. Doesn't take much sometimes, man. No. Trust me, when you get over fifty, you can blow your hamstring just by thinking about well, it. Well, I'm I'm nowhere close to fifty, but I guess once you get over thirty, I guess things start going south. So maybe oh, maybe some more stretching, I guess, would help out. You're My, you're in great shape. You got the golf course, you know, keep you in shape a little bit, maybe, huh? Oh, 
Maybe. I guess I, I should probably do more walking, but it, it there's a fair amount of manual labor that goes into that. Hey, man, so. thanks so much for letting me interview you. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate We're you. We're going to do a thing called two-minute drill here in a second, and I'm just going to fire some quick stuff at you, questions, and let you answer them so okay. people can get to know you a little bit. Okay. It's kind of a... So a lot of people don't understand this. They think it's just me being goofy, but the truth <laughs> is there's deep psychology that goes into this. Okay. So if you just li- if you listen to Andrew's answers on these things, it's amazing what you'll what you'll actually learn about it. Now, now you're gonna make me think about it. And now it is time for the two minute drill. You have an apartment with a skyline view. What skyline do you want to see? Paris, London, New York, or Effingham? Oh man. I'm gonna say New York. Okay, <laughs> cool. What barnyard animal sound can you do the best? Come on now, don't be humble. I guess I could tell you which one I can do the best, but I'm not going to actually have to do it, right? No, you don't have to. Not till we'll later. Say a, we'll say a cow. <laughs> awesome. Tacos, burritos, or chalupas? Tacos. Favorite golf club to go to? Your go-to golf club. Which one is it? Go-to golf club. Um, I would say Oakland Hills in Michigan, the place I worked at in Michigan. You love that place. I huh? really do, yeah. Fantastic. How about this? Kayaking in Kenya, boogie boarding in Bora Bora, or skiing in Saskatchewan? Skiing. There Maybe you go. snow. Favorite TV show ever? Oh, man. I might have to think on this one. We'll come back. Uh, okay. What Brooke loves the most about you? Oh, man. Come on now. <laughs> this is a great question. Um... Can I say how much I'm willing to chip in and help at home? <laughs> That's an awesome answer, even if it's not true. <laughs> what What do you love the most about Brooke? That's the next question. Uh, what do I love most about Brooke? I'm going to say uh, just her, the ability she has to just always be looking to find the best in somebody or help somebody. Um, she's so good about that. Awesome. VW Bug? El Camino or a low riding pickup that has hydraulics and that La Cucaracha horn? El Camino. <laughs> uh, as a kid growing up, which dream is most likely yours? Professional sports personality, astronaut, cowboy, country club manager? Uh, I would probably have to say sports. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah. Sports personality. Now we're going to go back to this favorite TV show ever. You know, Breaking Bad was pretty good. There you go. Um, I think I think I go with that one. Breaking Bad. Hope that's not a theme for your life. No, me me either. <laughs> so there's just there are too many options. TV has just become. Uh, you could go down a rabbit hole with that. Oh, you're not kidding. Hey, thanks, man. Two yeah. minute drills. You did it. Hey, I, I really appreciate you having me on. I enjoyed this. So, are you enjoying season three so far? Yeah, I liked season two better. I just thought the characters were better developed. <laughs> the characters were better. <laughs> yeah, season three is just getting started. Though. We're just getting warmed up. Like you said, we're coming to our own. Season oh, yeah. Three. Watch out. This is, this is it. When season four hits, in fact, let's make a preview for season four right now. Hey, do you know, you ever heard of Jump the Shark? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I actually had a band in high school named Jump the Shark. Not sure if you knew that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It didn't last very long. Do you know where it comes from? Yeah. Okay, go ahead and explain. Yeah, um, there's a great show I used to watch as a kid called Happy Days. Fonzarelli, he was, uh, the Fonz was skiing, I think. They were in Hawaii. Yeah, he was skiing, right? 
He went to Hawaii or California and or somewhere. He's skiing it was water one of those skiing. many old shows that went to Hawaii for one. Water episode. skiing in his shorts and his leather jacket. Yeah, he had to look so cool, and he had to jump the he jumped the shark. He never skied before in his life. Yeah, but he decided he had to jump a shark. Yeah, he risked his life, and he looked so cool doing it. And and why? What does jump the shark mean? Well, that's the episode where it was like, what the heck happened? That's whenever it all went downhill. So when you jump the shark, it means you... Happy days turned a corner that's, right that's, there. That's yeah. the turning point where you start to go downhill. And so I don't know when jump the did, shark. Did is we jump the for, shark? Is that what you're saying? I, I, I'm asking. <laughs> have we? I don't know. Maybe you know we jumped underground. Have we jumped the shark already? Did we jumped a shark like four seasons ago. <laughs> I don't know, but I think we, you and I need to wear leather jackets. That's all I gotta say, dude. I love leather jackets. And shorts and water ski. You know I'm going to wear a leather jacket next time. Um, if we did that, then we would no longer be, have, you know, we, we, we revert back to our most famous selves. Have you, do you know that comedian, famous comedian, Dimitri Martin? Yes. He's got this bit. It's so funny. He's like, uh, I went to this party and there was, there was a guy with a leather jacket on and he, and I'm like, man, that's cool. And I saw another guy with a leather vest on and I'm like that is not cool <laughs> then I realized it's all in the leather sleeves that's all it is <laughs> that's all you need is leather sleeves all you need to wear is some leather sleeves man <laughs> well hey thanks for listening we've had a great time we've got a little bit of uh, talk here a little Jesus talk here towards the end and so forth so I I don't know I've been th- thinking about several things I guess uh, I, every time I try to prepare Think about what I'm going to say for Jesus talk. There's lots of things actually come to my mind. It's 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 really more than what I need. Yeah, so, you, you got the whole Bible to pick from. A lot of a lot of Jesus <laughs> stories. You know, sixty six uh, books, right? Exactly, and and Old Testament's about Jesus, New Testament's about Jesus. So lots of Jesus talk, no doubt about it. But I was thinking, uh, there's been a conversation here uh, behind the scenes here at staff, been talking about what is. What does it look like for someone who really is trying to follow Jesus and really growing? You know, what does it mean for to be changed by the Holy Spirit? And Jesus talked about this in John 16 when he said to the disciples, he said, I'm going to go to heaven, basically, uh, and then I'm going to leave the helper, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And he, he has come to convict the world in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. Mm-hmm. And he says, actually, in regard to... Uh, in regard to sin, and now I'm forgetting the exact quote. I'm not going to get the exact quote right. But he gives three reasons. One, why in regard to sin, why in regard to righteousness, why in regard uh, to judgment. Uh, and to sin because we, we are sinners. We know we desperately need Jesus. In regard to righteousness, he said because he is going to the Father. He's not going to be here anymore. So in other words, in other words, the righteousness of God is going to play out through us mm-hmm. as people, as a representative of Christ on earth. Uh, to others in regard in regard to judgment because the devil rules the world right now and he's already judged hmm. and that's a little bit ambiguous it's kind of hard to figure out what he what he means but I think what he's saying is play this out the Holy Spirit is convicting the world in regard to those things if you play uh, in regard to sin uh, I'm gonna, I tell you what I'm, let me go kind of start back through the three. So what does it mean to be someone who's led by the Holy Spirit, who's really trying, who's growing? How do you know if you're growing as a Christian? Well, you take sin more seriously, mm-hmm. I think. There's conviction about sin in your life, um, and you don't want to 
you know, you don't want to sin doesn't mean that we don't, but it means it becomes a bit more important to you start to recognize it more. The Holy Spirit is telling you like, Hey, don't, you know, Hey, do or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you also have in regard to righteousness and that I, Paul said in Romans that we either are a slave to sin or we're a slave to righteousness. It's not like you're, you're anyone's ever truly free. So any, any of us who have been saved by Jesus, uh, we're a slave to righteousness in the sense that God makes us righteous, gives us a, the spirit gives us a, a conviction to want to be righteous you know, not because we can do so many great things, but because of what Jesus has done and how it changes us. And then the thirdly, in regards to judgment, and I think what that means, if you look if you look down the road at what you're doing, you're going to see the outcomes. You know, like, like Solomon always talked about, it's like chasing after the wind, all these different things that you pursue in life. And so when you start to look down the road, you start to realize there's going to be judgment. Uh, for for those who refuse to listen to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has come to convict us about judgment. You know, there's in other words, there's a healthy guilt, if you will, when it comes to actually knowing Christ. And if we are walking closer to Christ, we're gonna we're gonna kinda have that fear of God in us in a good way. Not not in a depressing, guilt ridden mm-hmm. way but in a way that says that, hey, I'm always, rem- I'm always remembering in the back of my mind as a spirit-filled Christian that God's in charge. He's, he's already judged the devil. The thing is already over. What side do I want to be on? Mm-hmm. You know, keeping that in mind. Play that out. How's my life going to be played out in that regard? So, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, there's lots of ways to uh, answer. That's good. There's lots of ways to answer this. That's so, dense. Drew, I like Drew that. What, do you, what do you say? I mean, what, what are some indicators do you think for someone who's growing? Hmm. I think, I think that the, the obvious one, like you said, was, is someone who takes sin seriously. I think, um, that's a huge, there's a huge difference there with someone who's, you know, not, not of faith and someone who, who's in love with Jesus. They realize where they're, <laughs> even though they might be a good person, they struggle with sin and they're not okay with it. <laughs> right. A Christian who is okay with sin um, is deluded usually, and that usually comes back to bite them somehow. So that's an obvious one. Um, hmm. It's a good question. I think it's easy for us to get caught up into the outward things, you know, going to church, reading our Bible, doing things. It's the and easy saying thing. That that's what it means to grow. Uh, no, but, it's but just there's, not true. That's just not true because it, it, because there's got to be a heart change involved in that I, I think i think church and stuff gives you a lot of opportunities to grow um but you can easily just not take the opportunity you know right. you can still go and not take your opportunities um so and, church and, can be and, important but it's and it's also gonna be very deceiving because many people can like like jesus said there's gonna be plenty of people who come to me on that last day and say didn't we do these things in your name didn't we do mm-hmm. that in your name and he's, he said away from me i never knew you right because you don't, you don't really just because you do the right things doesn't necessarily make you right with god mm-hmm. yeah I, th- I think that's something that um a lot of worship leaders deal with actually I don't know. It's, it's kind of a it's kind of a tangent, but uh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, it's something that's very visible within a congregation, within a church that's doing all of these things for the Lord. But 
It's possible this guy just got up and sang and danced around and then got off and then never thought about yeah. Jesus the rest of the week. And he did it in a way, it could be good intentions, you know, I want to serve the body of Christ. And and I'm saying this because like, I'm guilty of that because it's, it's so prevalent. So if it's, if it's happening with church musicians, I know it's happening. Um, if it's happening with... With them, you know what's happening with oh, other the last people couple in the church. Years, there's been some pretty high-profile worship leaders who just said, "I'm done," walked away. Mm-hmm. So I don't really yeah, believe well, anymore. Pastors, yeah, and pastors. It happens to a lot of people. Yeah, those are just like high-profile people. Yeah, I just mean high-profile. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't count all the people who aren't so high-profile. So, so if if we actually counted people who weren't on stage, who yeah. were just in the church, it'd be a massive number. And and that's as a Christian, uh, like I'm okay with. The fact that not everyone is on the same page yet. <laughs> right. There will be a day where we are. Right. Um, but um, in order to grow myself, um, you have to you have to take responsibility for it. Well, it's not just about just worship and the way we think about worship. It's about humility mm-hmm. in worship. It's not just about reading your Bible. It's about... Right. Seeking to because you want to know God. Mm-hmm. In other words, motive is so mm-hmm. finally important behind these things. And when it comes to really growing in your faith, and when your motive is right, then you start to see growth. I think you know, right? And I, I that that's a lot of that. Sometimes is learned. You know, you need to be around people who you know have the right motives. And when you when you when you gain some of those kinds of friendships, some of that rubs off on you. You start to realize that some of your motives weren't so pure or so yeah, right. I think maybe it's because I'm your son. But as I look back, that's something I've learned from you over the years, over and over. And so in every situation, you've never ever been upset about, you know, something I did by itself. It always comes back to um, why, like, why, like, where was your heart at with that? Like, why did you do that? Or why did you not do that? Um, every, so ever since as a kid, you know, as a Christian, as a man now, as a, as a, as a husband, someone like you have to constantly ask your question, why not? Cause you're going to mess up, but it's so true. Why you have yeah. to ask that. Otherwise you're maybe you're okay with sin. If you're not asking why. Right. That's so true. I'm glad to hear you, hear you voice that because I think it's, I think that's been something I've intentionally thought through myself and with myself, not only just with you guys mm-hmm. and raising you as kids, but I think it's, I think that's so true. Like we get so, we cannot get caught up in these individual sins mm-hmm. to the point of where we let them define us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. Because the easy fix is to cut it out. The easy yeah. fix is to stop doing or to start doing something. The easy fix is to not think about your heart. <laughs> Sometimes oh, yeah, it's a lot harder to to act on conviction and a lot harder to take harder to take on conviction than it is to to make other easier, make other people happier. Yeah, it's a lot easier to look right than it is to be right. Yep, no doubt about that. No, hey, I know you guys probably didn't uh, plan on this a little serious conversation here towards the end of. I'm not sure if we did, did we? I'm sure we did. It's good though. <laughs> We need to do more of it. So yeah. we'll be back for some more Jesus talk. And uh, we've we've got some uh, fantastic things coming up. Uh, that's season three. 
So who knows? I mean, this is, well, let's just pray we don't jump the shark. (laughs) 